Well, last Sunday night, I preached a, a message titled, I am a big kid now. I am a big kid now. Uh, some of you will recognize that statement from an advert that was played some years ago. It was an advert around pull-ups. And uh, pull-ups are a transitional season. It's where you go from nappies to undies. And uh, they're a messy season, uh, but it's where a young kid learns to deal with its mess. It learns to deal with its waste. And uh, so I'm going to continue on in that series this morning because I really believe uh, we've all got room to grow. Uh, We're all not as mature as we think we are. Do I get an amen to that? Uh, We all haven't apprehended all that God has for our life. And uh, there's some growing up that we need to do. And so I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I am a big kid now. I am a big kid now. I'm a big kid now. Now, how how many know there's something energizing about growth? Uh, Knowing that some things have changed in your life. Knowing that some of the things that used to freak you out, get you upset, uh, no longer freak you out. No longer keep you up all night. Uh, once you used to worry about them, you used to fret, you used to, you know, bad mouth things, but now they don't bother you because you have grown up on the inside. And when you recognize you've grown, it, it becomes quite addictive. It, it's energizing. You go, I, I actually want more of that. I want to grow some more. Uh, so many people think, you know, just because they've been a Christian and in church for a length of time that they're mature. Uh, I like what John Maxwell says. He says, so many people are in church 20 years, but in reality, they've had one year of Christian experience 20 times over. In all the 20 years that they've been in church, they've only grown one year, and they've just had repeats. Uh, God doesn't want you to have repeats. He wants you to keep moving forward, and the chances are, if you're not moving forward, if you're not growing you'll stop coming. Because the messages, the music, the lights aren't enough to keep you coming on a Sunday. Something's got to happen on the inside of you. And and the whole kingdom message is inside out, as we talked about at the beginning of the year. Something's got to trigger on the inside. Something's got to move. Something's got to shift on the inside of you for you to see all that God has for your life. Now, uh, one thing I like to think of the church is church is simply a spiritual greenhouse. You know, things grow, but when you've got a greenhouse, you're planting things and, and you're being intentional about that growth. And I like the fact that when we do gather together on a Sunday or in e-groups throughout the week, we're just saying, God, we want to be intentional about our growth. And when you plant something in a greenhouse, you're creating a culture. Uh, You're determining how much light comes in, the temperature, and you're creating an environment for that seed to grow quicker than it would on the outside. And and that's why church is a great environment to be in, because it's like a spiritual greenhouse. Where where those things in your life that that God has for you can, 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 can grow quickly. Now, so many of us, you know, are at a stationary place. Um, I'm praying through this message 
this morning, if you've been stuck for a little while, I pray that it's going to provoke you enough to get you moving. See, see our problem in a lot of places is not the problem on the outside of us, it's that we haven't grown up on the inside. Uh, What we are is we're little people trying to make it in a big person's world. And I found in life and in the kingdom, there's some things that you have to get all by yourself. If your parents are still brushing your teeth, you've got a problem. If if your parents are still doing up your shoelaces, you've got a problem. (laughs) Uh, There's some things you have to learn to do by yourself. And just as it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. You know, you've got to get convictions for yourself. You've got to know what you believe for yourself. I I don't want to tell people what to think. You know, here we open the the Word of God together, and uh, I want to teach people how to think. I want you to critically think about things. And in the end, as believers, our measuring stick is the Bible. You know, I don't want people to say, well, the pastor says, or this person says. I want you to know what God says. And I want you to form your own convictions, your own beliefs. I don't want you to rely on secondhand revelation. Because the enemy will always attack secondhand revelation. And that's why so many people are up and down in their walk with God because they haven't got a conviction for themselves. They haven't come to a place of belief for themselves and they haven't determined their future. Uh, Here's the deal though. As you know, we all start as little people. That's how the world works. We're born as little people in a big person's world. We're, We're born as children under adult authority. But over time, we start to form our own convictions. Uh, We come to our own conclusions. Uh, As an adult, I I reckon adulthood from the age of 16, you are an adult. In fact, my father said, I I was once listening to him give parenting advice, and he was saying to a parent, he said, after the age of 14, your role as a parent has finished. Your kid has got their own mind. The only thing you can do right now is pray. And and he was saying, you go from a place, you know, under 14, down down 10 and under, you go from parental control to to parental coaching. Uh, There's a transition. You, You can't tell your kid just what to think. You've got to coach them. And through prayer, you can allow the Holy Spirit to come in and form, help form their beliefs. Here's where we have the problem though is many of us grow up, but we never come out of a one-up, one-down relationship. Some of you are going, well, what's that? A one-up, one-down relationship is simply having somebody who's overseen you. Somebody who's looking after you. It can be a parent. It can be a boss. It it can be uh, uh, somebody with a level of expertise that you admire and you see yourself as one down from that person. Part of growing up and becoming an adulthood is, is the process of moving out from that one up, one down relationship. 
into a peer level relationship with other adults. Where you recognize, oh, I'm a big kid now. I'm not under a person. I'm on a level with the person. But so many people grow up in their adulthood and they're still appealing to, to, to their father. They're still looking for approval from their peers. They're, they're, they're still in this one up, one down relationship. And even though they're an adult, they're a little kid on the inside. See, see becoming an adult is having authority. Authority simply is the power to determine. As an adult, you've got the freedom to choose. And God gives us authority to run our lives. God gives us authority to take command over our lives. But subtly, we still can be governed by others. Governed by what other people think. Now, who's the audience in your head that you're appealing to? Who's the audience in your head that you're playing for? Who's approval? See, see, we can play for likes, but sometimes we can get a whole lot of likes, but it's only one person's like that really matters. And so you're scrolling through the names of people. Do they like my photo? Do they like what I just did then? And, and it's not the crowd of likes, but, but, but we're living for the approval of others. We dealt with that last week. In fact, I really encourage you, if you weren't here last Sunday night, get the message. Because subtly, we can live lives trying to please people. And when we're doing that, it, it affects our ability to follow God. You know, what's political correctness? Uh, well, political correctness at its heart is people-pleasing. Uh, uh, political correctness is proof that stupidity is contagious. Uh, but what it is, it, it's just people-pleasing. You know, how much of what we do is governed by what other people think? See, see, Jesus, he addressed this because he knew you can't follow God wholeheartedly if you're concerned by what's around you. In fact, let's go, John 12, I'll just give you one verse. Verse 42, it says, yet at the same time, among the leaders, even among the leaders believed in him. So leaders in society, they believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge him. They would not openly acknowledge their faith for they fear they would be put out of the synagogue for they loved human praise more than praise from God. They, they loved human praise more than praise from God. That's why some of us are undercover when it comes to our relationship with God. Because we're worried what other people will think. That's why we don't want to tell anyone, oh, what did you get up in the weekend? Oh, I just hung with some friends. No, I went to church. You know, it's like that's why we're, because we're looking for the approval of people rather than the praise of God. You know, they couldn't exercise their faith because they needed approval from others. Put it simply, they hadn't grown up. 
They were still babies. See, see, when you're an adult, hey, this is what I believe. Like it or not. I, I love Jesus because he never went out around trying to please people. In fact, he upset a whole lot of people, even those close to him at times. He said stuff that they didn't understand, like eat my flesh and drink my blood. It's like, what's up with that, Jesus? And it says many at that time turned away and no longer followed him. But you know, it was Peter, he said, where should we go? Where, where should we go? You are the one who carries the words to eternal life. Some of us, oh, I don't know about what they said then. And we get embarrassed. And we go undercover. Now, listen to what Proverbs says. Proverbs 29, verse 25, it says, Fearing people is a dangerous trap. What is it? It's a dangerous trap. But trusting the Lord means safety. Uh, where's the safest place you can be? Trusting God, not worrying what other people think. Fearing people is a trap. And some of us are being trapped continually by what other people think. That's because we haven't grown up. I can't go into that longer, get the message from last week. But we're gonna go uh, into today's message, which is really about spiritual adulting. Spiritual adulting. Some of you are going, oh, why would I wanna do that? It's like, ow, with adulthood comes responsibility. I don't want responsibility. You know, some of us feel like this dog in this picture, if we could put that picture up, it's like, um, I'm not in a, that's what an adult feels like, you know. Sometimes, how I many you know, relate to that picture right there? It's like, yeah, I'm leading myself. Yeah, good. Okay, but this is a lot of our response, if we could put that up. Uh, I just want to stay under my covers all day. Um, some of us want the cat's life. How many think cats have got it easy? They just get fed and sleep all day. But what, see, what we've got to remember about the kingdom. Now, the kingdom is upside down, it's counterintuitive, and it's, it's back to front. In the kingdom, if you want to be first, it says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. In the kingdom, if you promote yourself, the Bible says you'll be humbled, but if you humble yourself, you'll be exalted or promoted. So it's back to front. In the world, it's like this. We do things to become accepted. If I do this, I'll become accepted. I'll be liked. You know, they'll approve of me. I do to become accepted. In the kingdom, you're already accepted. Nothing you can do can make you love God, make God love you less or more. You're, you're accepted. And from that place, you're empowered to do. There's a difference. See, in the kingdom, we are free, but we choose to become servants. In the world, we're slaves to sin, and our choice is taken away from us. We don't have any choice. See, it's different. 
And in the kingdom, we get the choice to submit. We, we understand in submitting to others, we're submitting to God, not others. Because God's more in charge of our destiny than any person. Do I get an amen on that? Uh, see, see, in the kingdom, power comes from choosing. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got a choice. <laughs> well, what's adulting all about? It's about choice. You have the power to choose. Uh, there's no power in obligation. Uh, there's no power in have to. There's no power in doing the right thing under duress. Oh, I'll do it because you twisted my arm. There, there's no power. Power comes from choice. When, when you're a child, you have no choice. You do it because you're under. You're in a one-down relationship, and you do it because you have to. Just do it. But when you grow up, what does adulthood bring? It brings choice to our life. Now, now I want you to see this from a biblical perspective. Let's go to Galatians chapter four. Galatians four, uh, verse one to seven. This is your homework to reread this passage of scripture. Okay, you got homework today. <laughs> Some of you don't, weren't too excited about that, but anyway. <laughs> Galatians four, verse one to uh, seven. This is Paul. He's saying, what am I saying? That as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to, what's he, he's subject to, so in other words, he's under. He's subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental, elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those, what again? Under, notice, notice under. Under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship because you are his sons and daughters. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Verse seven, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Man, that's exciting right there. We're co-heirs with Christ. We're co-heirs with Christ. Now, now, here in this passage, what you've got to understand, to understand it, Paul equates parental structures with the law. He's saying they're the same. When we grow up, we grow up under parental structures. They're good. Uh, the law's not bad. It's good. It's a teacher. It teaches us. Jesus came to fulfill the law. And he said, new way of going about things. It's like the law 
gave us the outline of the picture. But grace colored it in. Uh, the law filled the glass halfway, but grace filled it to overflowing. Well, when we're immature, we don't know, and sometimes we need to be told what to do. Hey, brush your teeth. Did you brush your teeth? Yeah. Uh, otherwise, we'll go through life ignorant, and, and we'll come into our 20s and we'll have no teeth. And we'll go, why didn't anybody tell? That the law instructs us. It, it teaches us, but we're not to remain in that place. We're meant to grow up. And spiritual adolescence is a passage where we stop relying on somebody else's faith. It's where we develop our own. It's sad how many people today are in church but still don't have their own faith. In fact, they need somebody else to invite them for them to come to church. They need to be reminded about the house of God. They need to be reminded about reading their Bible. They need to be reminded about winning their world. What's that? If you've been in church a wee while, you're in spiritual adolescence. You haven't got your own convictions. You haven't read the Bible for yourself. You've read the internet, maybe, but yet your opinions aren't founded in the Word of God. In fact, your opinions are founded in what other people say about the Word of God. It's amazing how many people go, oh, but the Bible says that. I'm going, really? Where did you get that from? Who told you that? You know, I challenge you even on a Sunday, you know, to go back and read the passages that are preached on and understand them for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Get it yourself. Come on, as a young believer, the best thing you can do is get a hunger for the word of God. A hunger in your heart to desire, you know, if you follow the course of his commands, Psalm 119 verse 19 says, God will enlarge your heart. The reason why so many hearts are shriveled is because they don't know what God says and so they can't run with it. But we've got to get it for ourselves. You know, could it be if we remove the rules some of us wouldn't even be doing what we're doing today. Come on, let's get out of autopilot religion. And, and, and let's get a Christianity where it's based on our own revelation and relationship with God. Do I get an amen to that? Come, come on, we don't move, if we don't grow. Chances are we won't stay. We've got to grow. And I want to provoke you this morning. Because some of us have been in the same place too long. You know, could it be that we've been in spiritual adolescence for the last 20 years? You know, we've repeated the same year. It's like we're doing fifth form for the third time. Now, here's the deal. When you're in spiritual adolescence, some things is, number one, you're self-conscious. Number two, when you're in spiritual adolescence, you're hard to motivate. 
Uh, when you're in spiritual adolescence, you, you want somebody else to clean your mess. Uh, when you're in spiritual adolescence, you have a spirit of entitlement. Yeah, you know, many people today, they look at adulting and, you know, in fact, I looked it up on Google and, and it said adulting memes. And, and when it came up, it was all jokes about, man, why would I want to be an adult? Uh, why would I want to grow up? You know, uh, there's this mantra in the world that, that says, uh, stay young, to which I agree with. But there's some things we do need to grow up in. You're not Peter Pan. <laughs> and, and when you make a decision not to grow up, you're, you're doing emotional and psychological, uh, psychological damage. To yourself. With adulting comes amazing freedom. But with that freedom comes responsibility. And we've got to understand that. See, the world sells us a wilderness mentality. A mentality where, man, if I just could sit on my lazy boy and have everybody provide for me, and everything just happened automatically, my life would be so much better. I, I want to declare today, no, you're made for a fight. You've been wired for a fight. And in fact, boredom is the enemy of greatness. Yeah, you get everything provided for you, you don't have to go out and fight for it, you'll take it for granted. You'll get bored. And, and then you'll start doing things that you never thought you'd do. You're, you're wired for a fight. And spiritual adulting is, is understanding if we're to take our promise, we've got to fight for it. But here's the deal. Spiritual adulting is not an easy task. Uh, perhaps it's even harder when you're already living in the adult body. Uh, here's some things. I, I just got five things quickly about spiritual adulting. You're all awake, alive. Okay, number one. Spiritual adulting, number one, is knowing the benefits of growth. Is knowing the benefits of growth. When people realize how much freedom their child position is costing them, they won't want to stay there. In fact, Paul in this passage, he compares childhood to slavery. Childhood to slavery. Being in a one-down relationship is like you're in a prison. Uh, but remaining a child, it, it feels safe because somebody does all your thinking for you. Yeah, you can defer to another. Yeah, it's safe. But it's slavery. Adults have the, the freedom to choose, the power to determine. See, I, I find many people today, they want spiritual answers. They want spiritual breakthrough, but they're not prepared to live by spiritual principles. Uh, spiritual principles bring about spiritual answers. Uh, we can't have spiritual breakthrough over here without applying spiritual principles over here. Uh, here's the, deal. Uh, the benefits of growing up are huge. You're no longer under the law. 
How many here enjoy primary school? Primary school, great years. But how many know at primary school, you're told what to do? Everything, where to be, what's happening next. And you just went along with it. You formed lines, you hold, held girls' hands that you didn't want to hold. You, you, you had to dance with you know, different ones. You didn't get to choose who you danced with. You were assigned. You know, primary school is like, yeah, you were under. You know, as you grow up, you get a little bit more autonomy, a little bit more responsibility. But still, even at high school, you're, you're told where to go. You know, at primary school, you had all your classes in one class, but high school, you got a little bit more autonomy. You actually get to go to different classrooms for different subjects, a little bit more autonomy. But, but then comes university. And in university, you got the power of choice. You, you choose what subjects you take. Uh, you choose it, and, and, and you get the choice of, as to whether you turn up or not. No, nobody takes the role. At, at high school and primary school, you know, monk, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, it, it, they'll call your name to see if you're there, and if you're not there, what will they do? They'll ring your parents. You, you are under, but you go to university, there's no rule, role. In fact, you can miss a whole term of classes, and nobody will ever get on the phone to ring you up. You, you choose. Whether you show up. But how many know if you choose not to show up for a whole semester, you're also going to have to bear the consequences and not know all the information. You paid the fees, you chose to enroll, you had the freedom, but consequences come with that freedom. Responsibility. Now, now, at a at the age of a primary school student, you can't distinguish that there's consequences if I don't do my homework. You're under something and you're told. But as you grow up, you understand, hey, okay, I've got freedom, but with those freedom, with that freedom comes consequences. See, see the question I wanna ask you is, how are you using your freedom? How are you using your freedom? Paul goes on in Galatians chapter five, he says, you are my brothers and sisters. You're called to be free. What are you called to be? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you're called to be free. You're called to be free. Free to choose. I'm amazed so many people go, well, I'm free to have a drink. Yeah, well, the question is, are you free not to? You can, oh, I'm free to have sex outside of marriage. What well, are you free not to? Can you control yourself? Uh, uh, many people, I'm free. No, no, that's not. I'm free, but I choose not to. See, see, Paul says, you're called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. See, see adulting is simply knowing the benefits of growth. Don't go back to primary school. 
Man, you, you got freedom. But use your freedom in the right way. Number two, spiritual adulting is disciplining yourself. It's disciplining yourself. Proverbs 6, 6 to 8, it says, go to the ant, you sluggard. That's encouraging. <laughs> go to the ant, you sluggard. It's, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, overseer, or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in the summer and gathers its food at harvest. Now, now I want you to look at verse seven. Go back to verse seven. Uh, what, verse seven, it says it has no, no, and no, yet it takes responsibility. The ant understands consequence. The ant is not under another ant's authority. <laughs> Go to the ant and, and understand this. Has no overseer, has no ruler, has no commander. But it, it understands this whole principle. If I don't do it now, I'm gonna starve later. If I don't gather my food in the summer, we won't have enough food in winter. So, so it understands this dynamic and it doesn't need anybody telling them. It doesn't need anybody instructing them. It's growing up. And it does things because it understands the full picture. It understands the principle of sowing and reaping. See, I found... God doesn't often bless our stupidity. God doesn't bless our procrastination. But when you live by spiritual principles, the principle of sowing and reaping, He comes in behind that and He blesses it. Come on, is this making sense to anyone? Okay, uh, number three. Spiritual adulting is, is gaining authority over evil. Spiritual authority is gaining authority over e evil. D discipline in itself is not enough. Because how many know there's evil forces at work in this world? Could it be what you're up against right now is just not a natural phenomenon? There's an evil force behind it that's out there to kill, steal, and destroy your life. Uh, come on, some of us say, oh, I just need to do that. I, I need to be more disciplined. Uh, no, sometimes it's because there's a power at work. And we've got to open our eyes to see that there's things at work that are trying to rob us of our inheritance. Uh, there's forces. I, I like what Paul says in Colossians. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, you have died with Christ and he has set you free. Don't you like that? Again, freedom. You have died with Christ. Your freedom came at a cost. It cost Jesus his life. Don't take for granted your freedom. But you have died with Christ and you've been set free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why don't you keep on, so why do you keep on following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. How many know that sounds like parenting right there? Don't, don't, don't. In fact, in many churches around the world, it's don't do this, don't do that, don't. You know, it's under. 
Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. Listen to this. Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise, but they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline. But they provide no help. Everyone say no help. They provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. They provide no help. So what you're facing, you're not going to get out of just by gritting your teeth, by white knuckling. Come on, there's powers at work. And in James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Uh, Notice it's not just resist the devil. Your power to resist the devil comes in your submission to God. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Which brings me to number four. Number four, uh, spiritual adulting is submitting to others out of freedom. So number one, spiritual adulting is knowing the benefits of growth. Number two is disciplining yourself. Number, number three is, is gaining authority over evil. Come on, we've been given all authority over the enemy's powers to trample on snakes and scorpions and none of them will do us harm. Luke 10, 19. You gotta know that when you're under attack. You gotta know where it's coming from. Don't just beat the air, punch the devil in the face. Yeah, number four, but is submitting to others out of freedom. Uh, This is an important aspect of of growing up. Is learning to submit. You know, that's the biblical swear word in a lot of places. Don't say the word submit. But it's a powerful biblical principle that we actually need to understand because it's right through Scripture. But, But submission is done. Not out of duty, it's done out of love. We've got to understand all authority is appointed by God. Yeah, all. Governmental, it's appointed by God. Bosses. And and we're to choose to submit. Not have to. In fact, at Equipus Church, nobody has to do anything in this place. Power comes through choice. If you're doing it under duress, it's just religion at its heart. Uh, But if you do it because you've got a conviction and an understanding of how the kingdom works, the power of God is released through that. You know, in the Bible, we're called to submit to one another. We're called to come under, choose to even evil bosses. As long as they're not making you do something wrong. How many know by coming under a boss who has wrong motives, you're submitting to God, not their boss? Some of the people are praying, oh, God, get me out of this situation. But maybe God's put you in that situation to bring change. We're called to submit to one another and God. See, See, when we submit and serve, what are we doing? 
We are displaying our freedom. Because only a free person can submit. So many people go, oh, well, I'll give God the places that I have no control over. I'll give God my mess. Yeah, that's good to give God your mess. To give Him your failures. But it's another level of maturity to give God your successes. Because immaturity, when it finds success, it thinks to itself, look what I've done. But maturity understands that there's more to the picture. (laughs) That there's more going on. And so many people go, oh, when my life's out of control, I need to go to church and I need God to sort out my mess. Here's my mess. I reckon... We need to grow up to a place that when we have things going well, when we have success, it puts a fear of God in our hearts because we know we didn't do it by ourselves, that we're in the house of God going, God, help me. (laughs) Come on, that's a good God, help me. It's more powerful. Power is the freedom to choose. Only a free person can submit. It takes a level of maturity to give up your rights and serve another. And by submitting to others, we're submitting to God, not others. Number five, last one. Have the musicians up. Spiritual adulting is being comfortable with mystery. Uh, spiritual adulting is being comfortable with mystery. Immaturity can't handle mystery. Can't handle the unknown. See, one of the hallmarks of somebody with authority issues is that they're control freaks. Uh, They need an answer for everything. They hold God hostage to their unanswered questions. And everything has to be wrapped up in a nice, neat little package that they can understand. Uh, When Jesus walked this earth, what... he was doing in a lot of places is he was shaking people out of their rigidity. See, in a lot of our minds, we still gravitate, well, what's the rules? I live within the rules. Just tell me the rules. But but we've got to go away from rules-based thinking to love-based thinking. That's what grown-ups do. See, see, when you grow up, you understand the more we know Him, we realize the more we don't know. And that's important because that's where worship begins. It's, I don't know God. I know these things, but I've got a whole lot of things that are just a mystery. But I worship you and I... I choose to put my trust in you. Worship, it's about his transcendence. It's about his sovereignty. See, it's when you can begin to appreciate the stuff you can't figure out about him, but you still trust him. That's when you know you've grown up. If you know everything about him, then he's no longer God. If you can define him, put him in a box, 
He's not God. You've become God. Because everything's been locked up in the prison of your mind. But God is spirit. And how we understand God is according to the spirit of God. And worship. True worship flows from, I don't understand. I don't know, God, but I trust you. You're a good God. There's some things going on in my life right now that I don't know how they're gonna turn out. I don't know which way they're gonna go, but I know, God, if I trust in you with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding and acknowledge you, acknowledge you, your goodness, you're gonna make my path straight. I'm gonna trust in your word. We're called to worship Him. We're called to worship Him in spirit and in truth. In other words, in relationship and honesty. God's not intimidated by your mistakes. He's not intimidated by your failings. In relationship and honesty. In fact, Jesus said, out of the mouth of babes, He's ordained praise. Out of the mouth of babes. Never get old in your worship. See, see, the kingdom, it's it's back to front, it's upside down, it's counterintuitive. In the kingdom, it's like God gives you authority. He gives you the freedom to choose. You become an adult. You have the power to determine freedom. But then he says, hey, I want you to take your adulthood and I want you to choose to become a child. That's where life is. That's where mystery is. That's where the adventure is. It's not knowing how it's all gonna turn out. See, if you knew every step, chances are boredom would set them. What mystery does is it fuels pursuit. Familiarity kills marriages. It kills relationships. But when there's mystery there, you go on a hunt. You woo that other person to find out more about them. And it's the same with God. When you don't know everything about God, you go, God, I just need to know. My mind's so limited. I'm so stuck. And then you lift your, your head and you begin to worship and you begin to magnify Him. How many know when you magnify God, you're not making God any bigger? He's big already. You can't make Him any bigger. But when you magnify God, what you're doing is you're making Him big in your eyes. You're acknowledging the truth. And then you go, wow, didn't see that. See, God gives us the power to determine But then he says, hey, will you choose to become a servant? Will you choose to become a child? How many know that takes love? You'd only do that because of love. See, that process is taking you from rules-based thinking to love-based thinking. God doesn't want you to do what you're doing, gritting your teeth. Oh, if I have to, pastor told me to read my Bible. (laughs) That's not gonna produce life. That's not gonna produce the Spirit of God in you. Come on, God wants us to grow up. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a big kid now. 
I'm a big kid now. Put your pull-ups on. Deal with your own crap. Get moving forward in Jesus' name. Come on, I'm a big kid now. Some of you have been at the stage you're in too long. I'm just saying, it's time to grow up. Take responsibility. Don't be hard to motivate. Don't be hard to motivate. Some of you are too precious about certain stuff. Your reputation. Jesus gave away his reputation. He humbled himself even to the point of death on the cross. And because of that, God exalted him. Some of you are protecting your uh, reputation, thinking, well, what will other people think? No, die to your reputation. Who cares what other people think? Only matters what God thinks. And And it's his approval that we're seeking after. Come on, I want you to stand to your feet. We're gonna sing the song that we just sung before I preach. All I want is more. Come on, how many want more of Jesus this morning? How many recognize areas that they need to grow up in? in different areas. Say, I want to grow. Come on, shout it out. I want to grow. Come on out loud. I want to grow. I don't want to stay where I am. I'm adulting in the Spirit today.